In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Redeem me, Lord, my faithful God. I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. 
Brothers and sisters, you come to him, the living stone, rejected by human beings, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. is 
countless blessings share. Church of God, elect and holy, Please join with me in prayer. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and redeemer. Amen. We turn to the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter, and we read the first 11 verses. John 14, beginning at verse 1, listen then for the voice of God. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. My Father's house has plenty of room. If that were not so, would I have not told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. And that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? And the words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who's doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Seems a bit of a stretch, Jesus. We're in the midst of a global pandemic, 
the economy is cratering, unemployment numbers are staggering, and any sense of national unity was long ago trashed on the rocks of partisan news media and political spin, we have trouble agreeing on actual facts in real time, in the real world. And now there are murder hornets? Come on. Throw in reasonable concerns about aging and cancer and family issues, and having a troubled heart seems acceptable, almost normal. To suggest otherwise is a stretch. But there's Jesus. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm a pastor in large part because in the early 80s, I served an internship at Roseland Christian Ministries and met Tony Van Zanten. He was a colorful, charismatic preacher. With his leadership, scripture seemed alive, and the life of a small, poor, black congregation was life-giving. Week in and week out, everything felt close to the bone. The living and the dying, the energy, brokenness, joy, and loss made being gathered together in worship essential. And at the end of every service, Reverend Tony, with great drama and a sort of folksy warmth, would offer his remix of the words of Jesus. He'd say, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Don't let your hearts be troubled, neither be afraid. Go in peace. And I desperately wanted, needed, longed for that sense of peace. It seemed crucial to keep going. You needed it to love and serve for another week. It seemed raw and real and worthy of investing a life. That still seems true today. I still long for a word of peace from God. But it also seems farther away, more elusive, even a stretch. How is it that our hearts would not be troubled? How is it that our hearts would not be troubled? A little context for our text. This is part of the last long conversation Jesus has with his disciples. It's Thursday night. He's about to be betrayed and handed over to Pilate. By midday on Friday, he'll be whipped, nailed, and hung up to die. And therefore, one theologian invites us to notice the acoustics of this passage. Things have taken a dark turn. Judas has already left. Jesus has predicted Peter's denial. And as a last symbolic act, he's washed his disciples' feet. He'll soon be praying alone with the deepest groanings of his heart. So, given all of that, it's hard to imagine that Jesus would gather himself, push out his chest, and offer a spiritual pep talk. As Scott Jose puts it, 
it is far more likely that Jesus spoke with a quivering chin and with tears forming in the corner of his eyes. After all, Jesus is telling them not to let their hearts be troubled, but the main reason he needed to say that is because in reality, trouble was all around. So dear friends, may there be some consolation in recognizing that Jesus knows a troubled heart and a broken world. He's not offering a tone-deaf spiritual bromide, but he's speaking into a reality in which he's well-versed. Jesus knows a troubled heart. Jesus knows your troubled heart. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. That line reads not unlike a commandment or a list of things to do. Start with your heart. Take a deep breath. Calm it down. And then place your trust in God. Those are the instructions of Jesus. That's the way the line reads in English. What's lost in translation is a gentle affirmation. The word here for trust is actually voiced as a statement of reality, not as an instruction. This is less a list of things to do and more a window into the way things are. It might better be translated as, don't let your hearts be troubled. As you trust in God, trust also in me. Or as you already trust in God, trust also in me. Jesus recognizes that his disciples trust in God. Jesus knows that they have some semblance of or some longing for faith. The real twist here is that he invites that same trust in himself. I was at best a middling student. I scraped by through high school, college, and seminary in the C-plus range. That seemed good enough because try as I might, I couldn't focus, sit still, or concentrate. There was always something else demanding my attention. There was always some angst or unsettledness. There were daydreams and big dreams and drifty dreams and, wait, what did you say? I wasn't happy with that state of affairs. So I wondered, worried, and agonized about why it was all so much easier for everybody else. Why was I unable to sustain attention? Why was I always late or lost or bored or restless? When I was in my late 20s, I stumbled upon an essay by a young man living with attention deficit disorder. I was blown away. ADD was a relatively new diagnosis, but it was as if the author had been in my skin. Every sentence was in keeping with my experience. And for the first time, there was a way to make sense. It wasn't some moral failing or laziness or selfishness or a curse, and I wasn't alone. 
that realization was for me a seismic shift. The ground under my feet moved. Everything changed. I had a new way of making sense of myself and my reality. Jesus names a seismic shift. Jesus names a new reality that requires the disciples to change their fundamental sense of things. Jesus goes from, don't let your heart be troubled, to moving the ground under their feet. Don't let your hearts be troubled. As you already trust in God, trust in me. There's no metaphor here. Think of last week. I am the sheep gate. Rather, here, straight up, with no chaser, Jesus invokes for himself the same trust they would have in God. The disciples were rightly mystified. Wait, what? And the conversation turns to Jesus saying that he is the only way to the Father and that to know him is to know the Father. And Philip felt the earth tremble and asked for clarification. Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. Jesus is taken aback. After all this time together, at this crucial juncture, he thought they believed he was a unique window to God. In his words, don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? Now, still with me? In Scripture, there are all sorts of ways in which individuals stand in relationship to God. This is the only place where that relationship is framed as, I am in God and God is in me. This is the only place where that kind of intimacy, intertwinedness, and identity is proclaimed. And therefore, Jesus asks his disciples to believe differently, to trust differently. And that's really quite remarkable. While things are taking a dark turn, with trouble all around, even as he encourages disciples to not be afraid, Jesus makes a remarkable claim. Jesus offers an essential, confessional, Christological distinction at a moment of crisis. And of course, the disciples struggled with that distinction. So Jesus says to Philip, believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe the evidence of the works themselves. In other words, if you can't get your mind around that, at least believe what you've seen. Believe the evidence. And this exchange comes right after Jesus healed a man who was born blind from birth, raised Lazarus from the dead, and washed the disciples' feet. Jesus tells Philip to see those as signposts pointing towards the unique, singular, particular, mysterious, scandalous way in which Jesus is in God 
and God is in Jesus. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Dear friends, even in this time of trouble, we're invited to trust in Jesus, not as a teacher or a friend or a mystic or a hero, but as one with God. Listen again to Scott Jose. At a perilous time of pandemic, when everyone is seeking to be less troubled, to know that God can be with us in this scary and disorienting time, Jesus' call to not be troubled helps us, but only because the same one who issued the call soon found himself in, quite literally, a hell of a lot of trouble. But if he's been to hell and back for us and for our salvation, then we know in this COVID-19 moment, he is here with us. So let not your hearts be troubled. Is that helpful? Do you find that comforting? Does that speak to your heart? The promise of God in Christ is not that we will be spared trouble, not that there won't be dark days, but that we're not alone. The remarkable claim of the Gospels is that Jesus is one with us and one with God. And rather than a spiritual pep talk or a list of things to do, we're given God born among us suffering and dying with us, only to be resurrected with the promise that will be joined with him. Therefore, don't let your hearts be troubled, neither be afraid. That was a seismic shift for the disciples. May we hear it with the same wonder and find in it a sustaining comfort. For as the Heidelberg Catechism puts it, what's your only comfort in life and in death? That I'm not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. Shadows of the night
strength for all the despairing, healing for the ones who dwell in shame. All the blind will see, the lame will all run free, and all will know my Let us pray. Loving Father, risen Son, and giving Holy Spirit, on this another Sunday when we worship in separate spaces, we thank you for your good gifts. Even while sheltering in place, we give thanks for the signs of spring, evidence of new life in the midst of a pandemic causing so much death and illness. Thank you for blossoming trees singing birds, the fresh green of new growth. We thank you for outdoor spaces, for walks and runs and bike rides. We thank you for comfortable homes in which to shelter. We give thanks in these days for essential workers, those who don't have the luxury of working from home, for doctors, nurses, paramedics, for bus drivers and grocery clerks, for maintenance crews and postal workers, and for those for whom staying home is an impossible luxury. We pray for researchers, scientists, lab workers, and all those who are working for a cure for this pandemic. We long for the day when new daily statistics and job losses are no longer a source of dread. Here at Hope, Lord, we thank you for gifted leaders, 
for Roger, who opens your word to us in fresh ways, for our imaginative deacons who keep us informed and amused with their weekly deacons discourse, for our current council members and for those who have agreed to be part of the new slate of elders and deacons. We thank you for worship planners and leaders, for Aaron, Dora, Lynn, Skyler, and the host of others who have shared their gifts in this strange time of remote worship. We praise you, too, for the many students and teachers celebrating achievements at the end of this school year, for graduations, new jobs, retirements, and academic honors. We remember today, too, those of our Hope family with special health concerns. We pray for Karen Sluice, that she may be healed from the COVID virus and can proceed with planned chemotherapy soon. We remember those especially isolated, Ellen Lubbers at Beth Shan and Lori Lauders in Minnesota. Comfort these saints with your presence and a hope for better times ahead. And we pray for all those who are experiencing the pain of loneliness and isolation and worry. O oh God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Banish our fears. Heal us in body and spirit. Unite us in bonds of love that in your good time, all nations and races may serve you together in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Don't let your hearts be troubled, neither be afraid. Go in peace. <laughs>